All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. We would like to say praise the Lord and thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another day to get our act together. I'm very appreciative of all the chances he gives us and hope everybody is staying warm. If you've been with us, welcome back to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. This is week 40 of our weekly live stream Bible studies where we like to take deep dives into the Bible. A lot of people may not want to go or be too afraid to talk about our goal is to bring these scriptures out and make them very clear for anybody to understand them. But we know that it is up to God to give the true understanding, but we want to help out as much as we can. And if you're new around here, welcome to Join the Mist of the Storm. <laughs> and um, I know us as a human race, we have a lot of struggles. And I know for a fact that addiction and patience, I've dealt with patience before. Maybe the mic is a little bit too loud. But I know I, I've had a lot of problems with patience in the past. And um, I was on YouTube the other day and I saw a, a video about a story of a guy standing in line at Popeye's. And the guy behind him thought he cut in front of him or, or something like that. And he ended up getting stabbed to death. Over the chicken sandwich, I know people have heard about it. It's like a big sensation about the um, Popeye spicy chicken sandwich and maybe even the regular one. And that just goes to show how things can have a hold on us. That could be an addiction to the chicken sandwich or impatient because I know and I know the lines can be long. I was in Popeye's today and the lines were really long. But it should never get to a point where it should lead to somebody's death. That is just insane for somebody to think that somebody else um, cut in front of him and he lost his life. And um, I know Black Friday is coming up. And I know our people get when um, new electronics come out and the lines wrap around the store four times. And you, and every year they seem to push the time up. Because I remember when I was little, it didn't start to like midnight the Friday after um, Thanksgiving, and then they pushed it back to 9 p.m. and then 6 p.m. Might as well say Thanksgiving Day now. But I bring that up, um, I want to say a couple of years ago when the Nintendo Switch came out, it was a Black Friday, and um, they had the Nintendo Switch on display. And I know for me, growing up as a kid, they used to have like an on-display model where you can just go up in there and the little joy joystick hanging out and you can play it. Well, somebody got impatient with that again. And um, the guy that was playing the game actually got hit with a baseball bat. And his head went through the glass and he ended up losing one of his eyes. All because somebody couldn't wait to play the game. And so we just have to definitely, and that's nothing but a spirit. And patience and addiction, it's nothing but a spirit. And they can be defeated. But we have to want to defeat them. So, as you can see from the title tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about, are you grounded in hope? We face a lot of situations or circumstances that may shake our faith, but we have, well, we cannot lose that faith. And before we get started, I would like to give a birthday shout out to my sister. Um, and Trina, happy birthday. I hope you enjoy your day. Happy birthday. Um, she may uh, watch it later, so hopefully she sees it. And without any further ado... I will pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We have a comment. Jennifer says, good evening, Minister Tony Banks and Brother Melvin Corners. How, how are you? How's the young man doing tonight? It's so good to be on the podcast on today. We are doing great. Hopefully, yes. you are doing great as well. We are glad to have you here. Thank, Thank you, you, and we hope you enjoy the message. We hope that it gets across to you in some way or another. Thank we, you for tuning in. Definitely. Thank you. But without any further ado, pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can get started. Thank you, Melvin. Uh, before we move too far, we always like to start by saying a prayer. If you are at a position where you can stop and bow your head with us, please do so. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity. Thank you for how you've been so kind, so merciful, so gracious to us over the weeks, the months, the years. Well, we thank you for how you kept us from last week until this week. So we could never say thank you enough, Lord, but we try our best to say thank you, to take a moment just to recognize you for all that you've done for us. And so, Lord, we're also praying for the sick, the shut-in, the afflicted, um, our family. So many people are going through so many struggles in life, Lord. We're praying that 
you would strengthen us, that you would show that there is joy even in the midst of the storm, even in the darkest hour of the midnight. Lord, that you would just show us your light, show us your grace and mercy, your truth. Let your presence be shown in our lives. And so, Lord, we pray these many blessings in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, as Melvin already mentioned, we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in with us. Um, and we're going to move right into it. We're talking about hope tonight. And we're going to come from uh, Colossians, the first chapter, verse 23. And after we do that, do that, we're going to move to Romans, the fifth chapter. So, Melvin, if you will, read uh, verse 23 for us. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Now, Paul gives us something very crucial for our salvation. And he talks about it again in Romans, so that's why we're going to move to Romans. Uh, but he says, if ye continue in the faith and faith grounded and settled. And that's what I want to look at tonight. Being grounded in God. Being grounded in hope. Being grounded in faith. Which are interchangeable words. Hope and faith are interchangeable words. He says, If ye continue in faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. It's so important that a lot of us, yeah, we are saved. But are you grounded in hope? Because there's a lot of situations, as Melvin already brought up, a lot of things are going to test our faith. They are going to challenge us to see if we really are grounded or if we can be moved. And Paul talks about it uh, when he talked to the Galatian church. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, who tricked you? Who has deceived you that you no longer believe in the truth? You've been moved. They were not grounded. And so when something is grounded, it's stable. It's really planted. It's rooted. It's there. It can't be moved. But some circumstances, they will shake us. They will move us. So we're not going to stay here long. Let's move over to Romans, the fifth chapter. And we'll start with verse 1. Because I'm hoping that we would be grounded in hope. All right, Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. By whom also we have access by faith into the, this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. How many of us can glory in tribulation? can be happy even going through a trial, the midst of adversity. How many of us can glory in that? Can we say that God is getting uh, the glory from the situation? So no matter what, we should be happy. We should be thankful because that is, those tribulations are actually grounding us. D.S. Jackson says, faith grounded and settled and being not removed from the hope of the gospel. Amen. Amen. So he says, tribulation worketh patience. All right. And patience, experience. And patience works experience. So when we go through a trial and tribulation, he's, we're being tested. And that tribulation is working patience. We learn how to go through things. I know even myself, God has positioned me to go through things for years. And I know I'm not special, so I know there's somebody out there in the same situation that I've been in. You've been praying and calling out to God for years for a certain thing, but he's making you wait. He is building up your patience. In one place, Jesus told us, he said, in your patience, you can save your soul if you have patience. So, the situations, the trials and tribulations, they work uh, patience. And patience works experience. You say, I've been through this before. 
I know how to handle these situations because God is taking me through them. All right. And experience hope. And experience hope. And that's what I wanted to get to you. Are you grounded in hope? Do you have the patience? Can you say, I've been through this. God has helped me get through similar situations, even if the situation is not similar. Will you say, God promised to never leave me nor forsake me. I will stay grounded in hope. I will continue to hope and know and have faith that he will bring me through. Are you grounded in hope? All right. <clears throat> and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. <laughs> and hope maketh not ashamed. See, I laugh because I can recall times where people knew I grew up in a saved household. People knew my parents were saved and sanctified, as we say, Christians. Because it was not only apparent in the way that they talked, but also the way they dressed, the way they lived. And so <clears throat> people in the neighborhood, your friends, people you going, <laughs> people you playing with after school, people you doing projects with in class, see those same people that talk about you. <laughs> so that as they talk about my parents, you know, a lot of times that make you feel ashamed. <laughs> They said, some people say, look, look, at, look at the way they dress. See, those things used to make me ashamed, but hope now it make me not ashamed. Paul said in Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, the Jew first, then to the Greek. So I'm no longer ashamed because I'm now grounded in hope. Now I have faith in God. I have an understanding in God that no matter what someone may say, no matter what the devil may get inside of my so-called friend, my so-called family member to speak against the saved lifestyle, no matter what they may say, I know everyone, I have a hope that in Christ we all will have to answer. He said we'll have to answer for every idle word. Everything we say, everything we do. So I no longer worry about what my friend says about me, what my enemy says about me, what my co-worker says about me. I don't worry about that. Hope made me not ashamed. I'm not concerned with that anymore. And so, sure, you may be at a level now where you may not feel that way. You may still be somewhat ashamed. But continue to go through trials and tribulation. Continue to allow God to work your patience. Allow God to work your experience, and you'll find yourself grounded in hope. And hope will make you not ashamed of him. But will you choose to, to allow him to do this for you? It's a beautiful thing when you can continue to grow in Christ and he makes you not ashamed anymore. So he said, hope maketh us not ashamed. All right, go ahead to uh, verse 6, Mill. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now what? <laughs> we should have some kind of hope because of this. Because God loved us even while we were yet sinners. That he sent his son Jesus to die for us. That should give us hope right there. Because before that, we were hopeless. But now we have hope because of what Jesus did for us. Now we have peace with God. Told us that in verse 1. We now have peace with God because of what Jesus did for us. That should make us have hope. That should make us not ashamed of him. Because he was not ashamed of us. As people spit on him. As people mocked him. As people hit him with their bare hands. As people slapped him. He was proud to do that. He was happy to do that. The Bible said, for the joy that was set before him, he did that for us. So in stepping back and looking at all the things that God has done for me, even while I was rejecting him, that makes me have hope. 
That makes me have hope that now that I said, God, I want to do what you say. I no longer want to do what I was doing. I now have hope in you because I know you're going to make a way for me. No matter what the circumstance looks like, no matter what the situation looks like, there's hope. No matter if I'm surrounded by the enemy, if I'm held at gunpoint, I have hope in you, God. I have hope that somehow that... <laughs> His fingers gonna his fingers not going to cooperate anymore. I have hope that the bullet, even if it goes inside my brain, I won't die. I have hope in God that no matter what he allows the enemy to do, because it's all by God's power that he allows it. I have hope that no matter what, it's gonna be alright. See, even when the Bible says the Bible says, Jesus said, I lay, nobody takes my life, I lay my life down. That gives me hope that they couldn't take his life because they tried many times. One of the times they carried him all the way to the edge of the mound, to the cliff. <laughs> the Bible tells me he passed right through him. He walked right through him. They couldn't touch him. See, that gives me hope in the power of God. And I know he can do the same thing to me. It gives me hope when I find that he walked on water. See, he defied gravity. He defied the odds. When they came to take him at the Garden of Gethsemane, they asked for Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. Knocked them all on their backside. See, these things give me hope. They ground me. They allow me to know I don't care what you do nor say. God said he would never leave me nor forsake me. So, once I understand all these things, I then recognize I have to continue on. I cannot be moved. No matter if I see all of my friends around me, they may start out saved. And then they say, man, somebody convinced me otherwise. Somebody told me <laughs> the Bible was to control slaves. Somebody, somebody comes up with all kind of lies and, and we find ourselves being shaken, being torn, being conflicted and saying, man, I just don't believe that anymore. But I have hope in God that no matter what somebody says, I will continue. So I'm hoping tonight that we all would have that same hope that we would be grounded. I see we got some comments, Melvin. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was making you finish. Um, Tiger says, I will not be ashamed in this season of change. Whatever he tells me to do this time, I will do. Man. Man. And they also um, says, keep hope alive. Amen. No matter what. No matter Amen. what we may go through. I'm praying everybody would have that mindset because it's important. God, he will do everything he promised to do. And... What verse are we on? Verse 9? Left off on 6. I'll get all the way down there. <laughs> Let's read 6 again. Uh, verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Mm -hmm. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Now, this gives me hope. Because I know right now, if I ask Melvin to die for me, he said, hold on, man. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, well, you asking for a whole lot right now. I know, see, scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. You might have somebody every once in a while say, I give my life for this person. But for a good man, nobody really even would dare to die. But... Christ died for each and every last one of us. And we are people who someone would look at us and say, you don't even deserve to be died for. You don't deserve anything. See, when we look at murderers and, and, and rapists and, and child molesters, the, the, some of the most evil things that our human eyes can think of or our human minds can think of, we say they don't deserve salvation. They deserve to go to hell. They deserve to die a painful, slow death. But see, God, he sent his son to die for them. So for those people, there's still hope. For all the people that humans 
say there's no hope for God says there's still hope. Tarkin says keep hope alive. God says there's still hope for those people. So for a righteous man, one would really people aren't gonna die for each other. We we know that, alright? But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God portrayed his love. He showed us his love that while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus to die for us. That grounds me in hope right now. Just knowing that gives me hope, gives me confidence in God that he'll do everything he said he would do. Because sin is the absolute one thing that disgusts God. He absolutely hates it with every part of his being. And while we were yet doing the absolute thing that God hated, he still sent Jesus to die for us. Because I know right now, the only way to get somebody to do something for you is if you're on good terms with them. <laughs> People ain't doing nothing for you when they upset with you, when they mad at you. Rarely are people doing things when we're on bad terms. Get to the point where you feel you hate somebody and see how you act towards them. You say, man, I won't do nothing for you. You better not text my phone. Don't call me. I don't want to see you. If I see you, I might run you over. That's the type of... of Hatred that lies in each and every one of us. Because I've said things like that too. And so when we see how even while we were doing the things that God hated. He still said I'm going to give you another opportunity. Another chance at redemption. Another I'm going to give you hope. So after knowing all these things will you be grounded in hope? So let's uh, let's go down. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That should give you hope. We shall be saved from wrath through him. There was an eternal judgment. There is, not was, there is an eternal judgment. And having hope that what Jesus did was sufficient to God and having hope that he will continue to shape and mold, that we will continue to conform into his will, having hope in all these things, having hope that he gave us his spirit to do his will because we had no strength. His spirit came to strengthen us. We had no strength to do the things that God said do. Until he gave us his spirit. So having hope in all these things. Now. We shall be saved. From wrath. Because God was angry with us. He was angry. And rightfully so. Because we've sinned. So that should give us some hope today. That we can avoid judgment. It's a get out of jail free card. I know we play Monopoly and <laughs> you love when you get that get out of jail free card because <laughs> you don't have to worry about the punishment. But this is even greater than that because this is not a game. This is real life. So we shall be saved from wrath through him. All right. Or if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Mm -hmm. And not only so, but we also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. We have received atonement. That should give us hope. So I hope this encourages someone. This, this should make someone happy. This should make someone want to shout. Because it's a great thing to have hope. To be grounded in hope. So that now we can avoid eternal damnation. I'm reminded of so many Old Testament uh, people who had hope. Even New Testament. But even going all the way back to Moses. He had hope in God. After God showed him, appeared to him in the burning bush. 
told him to reach his hand inside of his bosom. He took his hand out and it was white. And he told him to reach his hand back in and he turned it back to normal color. That gave him hope. That would have given me hope. I said, man, I don't know what's going on here. This is amazing. That would have scared me to death, but still giving me hope. As he, he told Moses to put his rod on the ground. And when he did it, it turned into a snake. And he told him to reach down and pick it up by his tail. By his tail. By his tail. <laughs> and immediately when he picked it up by his tail, it turned it back into his rod. That would have given me hope. I don't know about you. That would have given me hope. I said, man, this, this man who he say he is. <laughs> I know can nobody, nobody can do this. See, science today and, and common sense, matter of fact, common sense tells us today, don't pick up a snake by his tail. You asking to get bit. But because we were dealing with God, God told us we should have hope that he can do the unthinkable. He can keep you safe even when doing things that it seemed like this, this ain't even safe. But God said, I'll keep you safe. So that teaches us to have hope. See, even before Moses was born, he didn't even know it happened until somebody told him. He didn't even know it happened. See, they, his mother, she had to hide him and put him in the water, and he was saved because of the water. That gives me hope in the water. That gives me hope. See, Jesus told us in one place, he said, preach this gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That gives me hope in the water. The water saves, still does today. And Tiger says, I called it playing Russian roulette with my life when I was in the world. <laughs> That's we all did it. <laughs> We were playing a dangerous game and didn't even know it. Or if we did, we were still all too foolish to recognize it and stop. But God had to send forth his son and shine a light on us so that we can finally open our eyes and see. But I'm reminded of Noah. He had hope in God. He had hope that everything that God told him would come to pass. Even as... God told them it was going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. They had never seen rain. Never once seen rain a day in their lives. Now, you can't tell me that's not hope because things that are seen, you can't hope for something that's seen. That's what we're going to pick up in the 8th chapter of Romans. But let's just go ahead and go there. Let's just move over to Romans, the 8th chapter. And we'll start at verse 18. Uh, Romans 8 and verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present, present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. My God. That should give us hope right there. Paul says, I reckon that the sufferings, and we know we're suffering. We know we're going through things that we do not want to go through, that we do not enjoy going through. We know that. We're struggling with our bills. We're struggling with relationships with people, people abusing us, abusing our kindness, abusing so many of our attributes, abusing our love. People are manipulating us to get things that they want. We know we're suffering. People stealing from us. I was talking to... Uh, one of my uh, friends today, and he was telling me how he used um, someone's card. He was getting some gas off someone's card at the gas station. Only put $10 in his truck, and he said $90 came up missing. So we know we're suffering. People are at home thinking of ways to steal, thinking of ways to fraud. We know we're suffering from things. Theft. People stealing our identity, getting rid of all of the immigrants isn't going to change uh, theft. It's not going to fix all of the problems in our world. Only God, only we have to have hope in God. He's the only answer to fix all the problems in the world. I'm not even going to get into that. But he says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, like I said, we know we're going through things. We know we're heartbroken. We know that. We've all been through it. 
but is not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It's not even worthy to be mentioned in the same sentence to say, oh, I dealt with cancer while I was on the earth. It will not even be worthy. Oh, I dealt with glaucoma. Oh, I dealt with diabetes. Oh, I was blind in both eyes. Oh, I was paralyzed from the neck down, from the waist down. It's not even worthy. Now that's powerful. It's not even worthy to be compared to what God is going to reveal to us. Eyes have not even seen, nor have ears heard all the things that God has prepared for us. For those of us that love him, for, for those of us who are grounded in hope, it's not even worthy. So if that don't give you hope, I don't know what will, friend. I don't know what will because these things, these things make me ready to run through a wall because I have hope. These things, I'm not saying go do some, <laughs> something <laughs> foolish like that, but I'm saying these things should prepare you for the trials and tribulation that stand before us because no matter what, we still should continue to be grounded in hope because God will see you through. So Paul says, I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. All right. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. We're all waiting for God to do a work in us. We're all waiting for after our works are done for Jesus Christ to come and take us home. That's our expectation. That's what we are waiting for. He promised to come back and get us. He said the father in his house, he has many mansions prepared for us. That's our hope today. Will you continue to hold on to that? Will you be grounded in that hope that Jesus Christ is on his way back right now to pick you up? It may not be tonight. It may not be the next day. It may be 15, 20 years from now. But just know, friend, you will have to die. So continue to have hope in God that he will keep all the promises he made us. He said he's coming back to repay every man according as his work shall be. He's going to pay you for what you've done. Will you stay grounded in that hope? I'm praying so. Or will you be like the people in Galatians where Paul said, you did run well. You were on the right path. Who did hinder you? Who deceived you? Who changed your perception of things? Who, who, who said that they weren't going to do it? And that in turn rattled you and said, well, I guess I won't do it either because uh, my friend said they're not doing it. Who will stay grounded in hope? Will you do that? I'm praying you will because I don't want you to miss out on the blessings that God has in store for them that love him. Paul said it's not even worthy to be compared to these little things that we're going through. Sure, they may seem big because of our perception. You know, we were talking about this um, <clears throat> a few nights ago. And I'll ask you the question. Do you think, and I know this is random. Somebody said, what in the world they got to do with this? Do you, but we're talking about perception. Do you think that the sun is larger or the earth is larger. Now, I hope you answer that question to yourself. You don't have to come in. You come in if you like, but, <clears throat> but that'll be good. Come in if you like. <laughs> Do you think that the sun is larger or the earth is larger? I don't want you to look the answer up. Just, just answer the question off the top of your head. But, I'll give you a second to answer the question <laughs> if anybody wants to actually comment. <laughs> but <clears throat> we won't be able, we won't have to we won't be able to hold up too long. <laughs> but no matter even if you don't choose to respond, uh, type out a response. Regardless, our perception, 
And I, I, I honestly, I don't know what I would have said um, because I was told the answer. So honestly, I can't tell you what I would have said. <clears throat> I may have said the earth is bigger than the sun. I, I don't know what I would have said. But for those of us who will say the earth is bigger than the sun, I wouldn't be surprised at you because our perception may lead us to thinking the earth. I think somebody commented. <clears throat> yeah, Taka says the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Our perception may right. lead us to think that the earth is bigger than the sun. Out Just off our perception. Because some people will look at it and say, well, I can see the whole sun. I can't see the whole earth. I have to travel just to walk through the whole earth to see the whole earth. So, we may get confused just because of our perception. I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying it's possible because it's a legitimate question. I've seen people legitimately ask what's bigger because they did not know. But the sun is actually bigger. We're just so far away from it. So perception changes things. Right now, some of us are perceiving that our problems are so big we are perceiving that all of the diseases, all of the trials, all of the tribulations, the stress, the depression, the anger, the, the addiction, we are perceiving that all of those things are so big. But we cannot see that those things aren't even worthy to be compared with the big things, the big, great things that God has in store for us. We can't even see it. Because our perception is wrong. See, a lot of times God tells us to give up some things. He said, Tony, I want you to stop getting drunk all the time. I want you to stop doing these bad behaviors that I've told you from the beginning. And I say, God, why do you want me to do that? You, <laughs> you, you asking me something too big. But no, I did not realize that my perception was wrong. The thing that God was asking me to give up was so small, it was not even worthy to be compared to what God had in store for me. I could not see it at the time, though. I could not see it. So, today I'm asking to all of us out there, will you stay grounded? Will you allow God to change your perception because the, the struggles, the hardships, the hard times, the storms that we are battling with, they aren't worthy to be compared. I know it's hard right now going through. I know it is. But when you make it through, when you begin to look back on where God brought you from, you say, man, that wasn't even worthy. I can't believe I even gave that that much attention, that much credit for being so big when it was so small. I don't know what verse we're on. Let's uh, drop down to 22, though. Okay, 22. Uh, tw let's read 19 again, and then we'll drop down to 22. Uh, 19, for the earnest expect expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Mm -hmm. I, 22. I, I'm waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Jesus told us in one place that God is going to divide the sheep from the goat. He is going to separate us. We will all be made manifest. And for those of us who have done the Father's will, he'll tell us, well done. I have hope for that. That's my hope. My hope is to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is that your hope? Are you grounded in that hope? Even when we're battling with depression, because I know depression and, and stress, anxiety, I know those are, are big things in our society, in our world. But even when you've had thoughts of suicide, I'm praying that you would be grounded in hope. 
that you would say, I'm not going to give up because I know God is going to say, well done in the end. He's going to say, enter in into everlasting life. So let's drop down to 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Mm -hmm. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan without, within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. We're waiting. We are all waiting on Jesus Christ to take us out of here. We're waiting for him. Paul said in another place, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He is waiting. We are all waiting for Jesus Christ to take us out of this body, which is sown in corruption. This body, which is, <laughs> this body is breaking down every day. We know we look completely different from how we used to when we were one month old, one year old. 10 years. We know we look completely different, getting older and older. Ever since we came in here, we've been headed to death. And so knowing this, I'm grounded in hope that even though my body is slowly withering away, that God is going to take Tony out of this body that's going to break down it's going back to the dust from which it came and I know that he's going to give Tony a body just like Jesus a body that cannot be corrupted a body that will no longer feel pain <laughs> see that's the hope that we have that's the hope we should have that he's going to give us a body cancer won't touch that body Glaucoma won't touch that body. Eczema won't touch that body. Nothing we will, nothing we can think of. That's why it won't be worthy to be compared because none of those things will never touch that body. Are you grounded in that hope? Will you allow that to continue to propel you forward every day? Even when people are lying on you, even when people are stealing from you, cheating on you, talking behind your back, backstabbing. Everything possible that the devil can throw your way, will you remain grounded in that hope that no matter what, you have something great ahead of you and nothing anyone can do can take that from you. There is nothing, I know that makes the enemy mad, there is nothing anyone can do to take that from you unless you allow unless you start to listen to the negativity, unless you start to surround yourselves with the wrong company and then you start following in their footsteps instead of adhering to God's voice. You control that power. Only you. You control your own actions. You have to stay grounded in hope. All right. Verse 24, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? For we are saved by hope. And that's what I wanted to get to. I brought up Noah prematurely. Noah, he had never seen rain. Nobody in his day. We're talking about a world, the beginning of this world, they had never seen rain. In the book of Genesis, it told us that God watered the earth from the ground. Dew came up on the ground and watered the earth. Never once had the clouds cried out and dropped rain. So, Noah, he had hope in what God told him. God said, look, water's going to flood this earth. It will be destroyed. So what you need to do to save yourself is to build an ark and tell everybody to enter it if they want to be saved. Take all these animals, put them in the ark along with your family. 
And that's what Noah started to do. For 120 years, this man had hope. He was grounded in hope. You, he, he had to be grounded for 120 years to be working on a project when everybody else said, man, you a fool. I know they said it. The Bible don't have to tell me. I know they said it because if they did not, they would have entered in there with them. They would have said, man, you know what? I believe you. I'm going to get in here with you. But no, they said, man, this man is crazy. It has never rained. What, what is even rain? There's no water falling from the sky. That doesn't make sense. So Noah, he had hope in what God had told him. And I know it seemed like a long time coming because waiting for 120 years, we can't even wait one day. We order something off Amazon and we say, we check it, when is it coming in? We check the next day, man, it's been two days already. They said it was going to be here already. At Prime. I ordered <laughs> Express. <laughs> I ordered one day shipping. I can't wait all day. No, uh, Melvin talked about it earlier. People killing people because they can't wait in the store. Or hitting them, whatever the case may be. We have no patience. But Noah, he had to wait 120 years to see the fulfillment of God's promise. He had to wait on it. Hope saved this man's life. So we have to have that same hope and we have to have patience. Right now, people ask me all the time, oh, how would you respond if people do this to you, if people do that to you? But I have to have patience because God said, vengeance is his. Vengeance is the Lord's. I can't go and get vengeance back when God told me he's going to get it back himself. But you know what? I look at these people who have done wrong and I say, man, somebody need to get them back. I guess it need to be me. <laughs> That's not having patience. Because God said he's going to get them back. Do you have hope and faith? That he is true. Because if you do, then why can't you wait? Why can't you wait on the people who have lied on you, have lied to you? I had a man look me dead in the eye and lie to me today. But that is going to get us in trouble with God. I don't have to fight somebody. Beat them up, say, I'm going to make you tell the truth. Hook them up to a lie detector test, say, man, you tell me the truth right now. <laughs> I don't have to do that. Vengeance is God's. And my hope is grounded in that. That God is going to do every single thing that he said he'd do. Because the scripture cannot be broken. Everything written in the Bible will come to pass. We were talking about... Uh, the mark of the beast today at my job. Talked to a lady about the mark of the beast. And as I was uh, telling her, because we were talking about people stealing things. Um, and the idea is that once you get this mark on your right hand or your forehead, it will be the answer to so many problems in the world. They're going to say, oh yeah, this will help with theft. Because if you have... Your all it is is taking your uh, credit card or debit card and putting that barcode inside of your hand or your forehead so you can scan that every time. Instead of taking out your card, you can just have it right there in your hand. You wouldn't have to worry about somebody cutting off your hand and taking that to the store. Who would do that? <laughs> who would? Who would? Who would not recognize that and say, "Hold on, man, I'm, I'm gonna pay for it with Melvin's hand." I mean, people are not that crazy. You would be caught. So the idea behind it will be that, oh, this is going to solve so many of the world's problems. They're already using, I'm not saying this is the mark of the beast, but this is being implemented. The idea is being implemented right now in the world we live in. I forget the country uh, where it started at, but it started many years back. Even right now in Wisconsin, they are using this same technology. 
putting chips in people's hands. They're going to work, they're clocking in, they're turning on lights, they're opening the garage door, they're buying some chips at the snack machine. They're doing all these things with the chip. And one day we won't even have paper money mm -mm. like we do now. It's all going to be digital. I think it's Sweden, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Sweden, but they're, they are on track to become the world's first cashless society. And that's where this idea started. So this was written in the Bible, uh, in Revelation, in the book of Revelations, over 2,000 years ago. And people still say they don't believe in the Bible. And all of it is coming true before our <laughs> very eyes. Uh, this should ground somebody in hope that God is who he said he is. This should ground you in hope when you can see with your own two eyes things that are knocking at our doors, the end of the world knocking at our door. This should ground you in hope. What verse were we on? Uh, we left off on 24. Uh, can you read that one again? For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. But what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Hope seen is not hope. We say, I have hope in God. I have faith in God. Some of us right now, we are hoping for healing. We are hoping for success. We hope for things that we cannot see yet. If I'm already healed, if I have no problems in my body, why would I hope for healing? It doesn't make sense, Paul says. So we hope for things that we don't even see yet. And that's where the magic happens. God sees us hoping for these things. And he begins to work. But at his pace now, at his timing. So it may take a hundred years for something to come to pass. But it's on the way because God promised it. All right. But if we hope for that, we see not. Then do we, with patience, wait for it. We got to wait for it. We have to wait. That's how God operates. He makes us wait for things. Because good things come to those that wait. They that wait upon the Lord, he'll renew your strength. But we have to be patient with God. Even so many people throughout the Bible had to wait on God, had to be patient. And God had to be patient with us. He didn't have to, but he chose to. He didn't have to do anything. Make sure we get that part straight. He doesn't have to do anything, but God has been patient with us. He's been calling us since the minute we were born. And we've been running from him, rejecting him, turning our backs to him. And he's still calling out for us. That should give us hope. The amount of love that God has commended toward us. He showed us more love than anybody ever will. So I'm hoping that we're grounded in that hope. Because God truly loves us. He truly cares about us more than anybody else on this earth. More than we are capable of loving ourselves. He loves us that much. He wants nothing but the best for us. I don't even know what's the best for me. It's things we think is good for us. We, we find out it's not even good. We were talking about this uh, maybe like last week. We were talking about how even cigarettes were recommended to people. They were recommended. And we're talking about something that hurts us physically. Gives us so many types of, so many problems. Increases our blood pressure, heart rate. Gives us cancers. I mean, you affect other people with it by secondhand smoke. And this is being, this was being recommended. We don't even know what it is that is best for us. Now, this has happened so many times throughout history. Even me and Melvin were talking about it a while back also. People used to 
medical professions, uh, physicians actually used to, when people had certain sicknesses and illnesses, they would drain them of blood, just allow blood to pour out of them, thinking it would heal them. We don't even know. Now this was obviously some time ago, around the 1900s, but this just goes to show us we don't even know what's best for us. But we think we've gotten so smart with technology and science and all these things, which yes, there are some impressive things that we've done, but we, we aren't smarter than God. We can't challenge him in knowledge, in understanding. See, God, he performed the first surgery all the way in Genesis. He put Adam in a deep sleep. <laughs> we just started doing these things. We just started putting people to sleep and having surgery on them. We just started that. God did this in the very beginning of time. Things we are just now starting to catch up on. God, he's like, man, that was yesterday for me. That was last year. The old news. <laughs> <laughs> that was generations ago. We can't outmatch God. God's been doing anesthesia. <laughs> he performed anesthesia on the first man. How many people did it take us till we figure that out? So we can't challenge God and his understanding and his knowledge. We just have to have hope and be grounded in him that he will do what's in our best interest. He's going to take care of us. So I'm hoping and praying that this message will inspire somebody to continue moving towards God, to continue seeking him because no matter what, what you're going through, like I said, I know depression is um, a major issue in the world we live in. So many people afflicted by depression. And I know a lot of males aren't willing to speak up about it. But God is there to help you. Seek him. He is there to help you. I'm praying that you would have that hope in him. Because there are things that he promised you that nobody can take away from you if you continue in him, if you continue in hope, if you stay settled and grounded, it'll come to pass. Because he promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He promised to give you his spirit, to cleanse you. He promised to save you from the lake of fire, hell, damnation, eternal damnation. He promised to take you out of that old achy body you're in. To put you in a new one. Where you'll never have to worry about any of the horrible things that we face today. So will you stay grounded? That's what I'm hoping you decide to do. So I think I've talked enough. <laughs> I think I've, I've rambled on and on enough tonight. Um, so if I'll turn things over to Melvin, if anybody, if no one has any questions or anything to ask, uh, we definitely always appreciate you guys for commenting and yeah. asking questions. Um, so if there, I don't have anything else at the moment. So I'll turn it over. <laughs> something to will them. come up. Something will definitely come back up. But I, earlier we mentioned uh, what was bigger, the Earth or the Sun, and I, I just wanted to go back to that because the Earth may appear to be bigger to us because that's what's right in front of us. That's what we are currently living on. But if you were to be able to go out in space. And be at a far enough distance to see the whole sun. You wouldn't be able to see the earth. You would need a microscope to see the earth. That's just how small it is in comparison to the sun. And that is the exact same way with all of our problems in life. They're, they're small, tiny. You won't be thinking about any of that should we make it to heaven. You won't be thinking about the depression that you had that you went through, or the cancer, or anything like that. But of course they seem big now, 
I'm reminded of a saying, we tell God how big our problems is instead of the other way around. Telling our problems how big our God is. He's definitely bigger than all that. So, definitely have to um, stay grounded. We definitely have to have patience. And this is something that I used to struggle hard with. It's like, patience, we have to have patience. We're, we're getting mad at somebody for driving slowly in front of us when they're going to speed limit. They're being safe. And we're mad. Because we, we're getting to our food, our restaurant, five minutes later than we wanted to. So, impatience, and we, we definitely struggle with addiction as well. Like, the man could have been addicted to that Popeye's chicken sandwich. Because he killed that man that he thought had jumped in front of him in line. I see we have a comment from Sharon. Hey, guys. I don't catch the live like I used to, but I'll watch it later. I have a few questions, but I think I'd rather ask them in private to ensure not to, to offend anyone. Well, definitely our inboxes are open, Sharon. Definitely. Oh, definitely. We're open. Good to see you, Sharon. <laughs> it definitely has been a while. But a lot of us tend to get upset when bad things happen because we say that we follow God. Because when we follow God and we do it the right way, there will be people who talk against us, who lie on us, who steal from us. And we say, see, if, if I wasn't following God, this probably wouldn't have even happened. But we have to glory, we have to rejoice through those tribulations. I'm reminded of um, Acts of the Apostles, and that's why the book of Acts is so important. It's so powerful. All the books are important, but definitely make sure you read the book of Acts. All the things that the apostles went through, beaten, stoned, thrown in jail, and they gloried because they got to suffer for Jesus Christ's name. We have to be the same way. Because like we read earlier, the work is patience, experience, and hope. See, when you get into things, when something bad happens to you, when you're put in a bad situation, you're just fine because you've been through that before and you know God brought you through it. And he will do the same thing this time. It's nothing new. But will we stay grounded? We stay grounded when we look like this man in the picture looking up in a hole. Looks like no, there is no way out. I don't see a ladder there. I don't think he has any wings either, but God can bring him out of that situation. Just like he can bring us out of all, all of our situations. But we have to make that call. We have to believe. We have to have hope. Because he will definitely never leave or forsake us. But I think that's going to be it for me. Um, I, th I definitely appreciate you guys for tuning in to us week in and week out. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for all of the comments, Jennifer, Betty, Diaz Jackson, Jennifer, Taka, and Phyllis, and Sharon. Thank you guys. Definitely appreciate it. And we see that nobody has any further questions, so we'll definitely wrap it up there. And audio version of this will be up on all major podcasts platform shortly after we go off. And we'll see you guys next Thursday at the same time. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, be warm, and have a blessed weekend. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.